0: Um, Mike and Cindy aren't here this morning, as you probably guessed already, if you didn't already know. Um, So they asked a few of us to come up and talk about the things that God has been doing in our lives. Um, And uh, Henry, of course, as you can see, is not here. He was supposed to be here. Um, I wanted to start out by saying that for many different reasons, the past two weeks have been very challenging for me. And one example is the fact that Henry's now in New York, on an unplanned trip, spending time unclogging sewage pipes. Um, We had sort of planned to have a nice relaxing weekend, and this is just a bright spot. (coughs) I have been short-tempered, impatient, In short, I have not exactly been a model of the character of my Savior. I've been reading Matthew 12, 18 through 20 over the past week, and this is the Father speaking through the prophet Isaiah about the character of Jesus. Look at my servant whom I have chosen. He is my beloved who pleases me. I will put my spirit upon him, and he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not fight or shout or raise his voice in public. Now, being a perfectionist, which is not a virtue, by the way, (laughs) I look at this description of Jesus, and I think, well, that's surely not me. Um, The father has given me his Holy Spirit, but I have not proclaimed justice to anyone this week. In fact, I've been very overly critical of a lot of things and a lot of people. Uh, Just last week, I provoked an argument with my daughter, and it was one of those situations where my mind was yelling at me, don't say it. But my mouth was open and the words came out when I should have kept silent. I shouted in public. Not exactly in public, but at least in my car in traffic. Hopefully nobody heard me. I was feeling pretty hopeless and ashamed of myself. Of course, the Father forgives me of falling short. I don't have any doubt of that. Yet I certainly was not behaving like God's beloved who pleases him. And I read on, and the next verse says, He will not crush the weakest reed, or put out a flickering candle. And it was at this point that I realized that God was now describing me. I had been bruised by life circumstances, and my faith was definitely flickering. Yet the Father has hope for the restoration of my soul. In his kindness and mercy, He has chosen to lift me up when I fall short and to keep blowing on my faith, to keep it alive. It is enough for him for now that I am not completely broken and that there is still a little light that will hopefully grow brighter with each hard place that I go through.
1: to hear her honesty. Well, I'm going to talk about um, some things that have been on my heart, and what I've noticed lately is there have been a, a lot of sad occurrences that have happened these past few months for a lot of people, a lot of them within our church family. Remember, the Lord has been showing me the importance of coming alongside of people who need a kind word or just someone to listen. Sometimes you don't have the right words to say. But I think just being with someone is such a big help. Sometimes it's appropriate to share a verse. Sometimes it's not. And I think the Lord will prompt you when you're comforting someone whether or not that's the right thing. But sometimes words aren't needed. I think we all have opportunities to show compassion to people. Whether it be a church friend or co-worker or, or anyone who needs a hug. Sometimes it's not easy to know what to say. But just being there is all you need to do. Here's a verse that I read this week, <clears throat> and I've been thinking about. It's Matthew eleven twenty eight, and these are the words of Jesus: "Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle." and humble in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my load is
2: things are Dick and me recently with a vacation in San Diego. Can't, I can't help but smile when I say that. And it was amazing. It was beautiful. It was going to a land I've never seen before. God does beauty here, right? We have so much beauty in Ohio. In California, like a whole new creation of beauty. It's amazing. And just that made my picture of God expand. You do Ohio beauty? Oh, this is totally different. And I've never even been to the Rockies or Alaska or, you know, the Caribbean. You know, the world is so much bigger than what our neighborhood is. And it's the same thing. Sunshine coming in our front window just came in with power and warmth. You could stand inside the house, sun coming in, and you could feel it, the warmth. And just the beauty. And every day I watched the sun come up, and it was like the transfiguration when Jesus robes were aflesh. There was so much we marveled at. It was it was just amazing, and, and we hiked mountains. We hiked along the shore, the sand, rocky trails, smooth trails. Just so much and everywhere, different plants, different things, different animals, little lizards, things. And on our last day there. We went to Coronado Island right there see (laughs) (laughs) and it was really one of those perfect days, the sun was shining, the sky was blue so we picked our destination for our Google map and drove there, now traffic in San Diego is not great (laughs) it's just there are just too many people they were all polite drivers but there's just too many of them so driving it was a challenging dick did the driving and I appreciate that greatly but so we were aimed at the information center on Coronado Island and we got there and the parking lot was full and I looked around turned down some of the street the parking, there's somebody was pulling out so we waited for that space, and Dick pulled in victory. We're good. Got out of the car. Let's head for the beach. You know, let's see everything. And we walk through town, and beautiful, beautiful buildings, beautiful planting, people happy. The beach, everything. We finally went and had our lunch at a creatively remodeled auto repair. like this and he was looking for it on his map and and I am a little more antsy <laughs> so I said well let's just start walking you know and he said don't you want to know where to walk let's just start walking so we started walking and They grow in circles. And then we came to an intersection. There were three choices. And I'm looking, oh boy. (laughs) And then I looked, oh, I remember that cute little flower delivery truck. So we went down that way. And going along, we were guided by all these things that I had marveled at. And beauty that I had noticed. And we ended up this is not a good way to locate cars in general. <laughs> <laughs> I acknowledge that. It was I think a good way to live life. Noticing the things that are lovely and good and special. And the uh, Philippians 4, 8, they good. Mm-hmm. Things that are true and honorable that are lovely, pure, worthy of praise. Remembering these things of God telling the people, remember what the Lord has done for you. Remember. And so it's not just noticing, but it's remembering. Put it in the file in your mind of God's goodness in my life. And, you know, like Psalm 136, there are psalms where literally every other line is for the loving kindness of the Lord. It's not too much, it's not too much to remember constantly. And so, although it's not a way to find your car, I think it works as a way to live, avoiding you know, to avoid legalism like Mike has talked about. Don't think of the pink elephant, you can't live a life like that, you can't walk a path that way. But if you're noticing the goodness of the things along the way, the people, the kindness, that is a guide along the way with God. Mm-hmm. Okay. Back in Ohio.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Great thoughts and it uh, ties uh, right into our Um, the, uh, I'm going to take a little bit of time just with some scripture this morning as we did head into, was there anybody else who had something to share? Anyway, um, I was reading this week and was really struck again, one of my favorite sections is after the resurrection as the disciples are on the road to Emmaus. And, um, and read a bit of it here and, and expondulate a couple thoughts. That's really not a word. <laughs> that same day, two of Jesus's followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. So interesting that it's almost like you know being prevented from seeing God in all of creation. Um, that sometimes people are prevented from from seeing it, and I so appreciate Sue's marvel as she walked down the street and saw all these different things. And, and um, but God, I think we need to ask Him to help to open our eyes to how He's working in and through our lives that we don't want to be walking with him and missing it. Jesus asked them, What are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, You must be the only person in Jerusalem that hasn't heard about all the things that have happened here the last few days. (laughs) What things? Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles, and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Then... Some women from our group of, group of his followers were at his tomb early this very morning, and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing, and they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see, and sure enough, his body was gone, just as the women had said. Then Jesus said to them, You foolish people. You find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. anybody ever asks, is there a conversation that you would have liked to have sat in on? That's for me. That one right there. Because I was in, I don't know, I was young in my faith, and I came across the back of my neighbor's Bible, and there were listed tens of prophecies that were written about the Messiah that were fulfilled in Jesus things that um, not a bone would be broken. Um, He would be pierced in his hands and his feet. And then you look at Isaiah 53, and you say, how is this not written after everything that took place? Isaiah 53 says that my servant will suffer, and that he would take our iniquities upon him, and by his stripes, we are healed. And that, in my very early Christian life, really strengthened my faith and helped me to become a stronger believer. And to Whenever that doubt comes in, we all experience that doubt. Say, God, are you really out there? Is this all really true? Is this worth it? When that doubt comes in, we know that we can look at these prophecies and see the fulfillment and say, yes, yes, it is worth it. By this time they were nearing Emmaus and the end of their journey, Jesus acted as if he were going on. But they begged him, stay the night with us since it is getting late. So he went home with them. And as they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly, their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. <laughs> Talk about frustrating. <laughs> I would like to, uh, anyway, they said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? I hadn't noticed this in all the other times. And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. So here they are. They had finished their their journey for the night. And it's about um, seven miles. uh, And they were resting. They had eaten some dinner. And they turned around and go seven miles back to Jerusalem. There they found the 11 disciples and the others who had gathered with them who said, The Lord really has really risen, he appeared to Peter. And then the two from Emmaus told their story of how Jesus had appeared to them as they were walking along the road and how they had recognized him as he was breaking the bread. And just as they were talking about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there with them. Peace be with you, he said. But the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. Why are you frightened, he asked. Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. Touch me. Make sure that I'm not a ghost, because ghosts don't have bodies, as you see that I do. As he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Still, they stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. Then he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he ate it. Then he said, when I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And just like we need to ask Jesus to open our eyes to see when he's in our midst, we need to ask him to open our minds to understand the scriptures. And he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of all these things. And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised. But stay here in that city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you also says, will he not give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So, we need to ask him to open our eyes. We need to ask him to help us to understand the scriptures. And we need to ask him, and anyone who's put their faith in Christ has received the gift of the Holy Spirit already. That's the beauty of it. But, it doesn't hurt. to make us even more bold witnesses of all these times. Uh, so let's sing together the last song proclaiming his goodness.
0: Now, the God of peace, who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus our Lord, equip you in every good thing to do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom the glory forever and ever. Amen.
3: There is lunch um, to be served downstairs. I would love for everybody to stay and join us. Um, why don't I give thanks for that, but we can have a couple minutes of conversation